Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Well done, AC. Very well. (laughs) Well done. Thank you, sir. All right, all right. Thank you, Anderson. I am Chris Cuomo. Welcome to primetime. This president is determined to oppose. He has his attorney general saying no to giving Congress the full Mueller report. And now he has your secretary of the Treasury saying no on the president's tax return offer to Congress. Rule of law matters. Everybody says it. But how do you enforce it? Okay? what does the law say about any of this? We're going to bring it into Cuomo's court in session tonight. And now we need to add Mueller to the list of who and what this president wants to oppose. The president no longer seems to want the man who, quote, totally exonerated him to tell all. What's he afraid of? And will his AG hide Mueller, too? We have a member of the House Judiciary Committee here. What are they going to do come Wednesday? And one of the strictest abortion laws in the nation is about to go into effect. Many see this as being about politics. I don't. I see it as about rights and the biggest push to take them away in a generation. So what do you say? Let's get after it. All right. The president's Treasury secretary says he isn't giving over six years of the president's personal tax returns because the president's de facto defense attorney, also known as Attorney General Bill Barr, told him not to. What will this do to the contempt vote plan for Wednesday in the House? We're going to deal with that with Steve Cohen, congressman from Tennessee. He's on the Judiciary Committee. But let's take this up right now with a couple of experts about what the law is and what can happen and what should not happen. Asha Rangappa, David K. Johnston here in Cuomo's court. Good to have you both. Professor, um, David, let me start with you. Help me with this. I I was looking at the law. Why am I even talking about Mnuchin? The the law says, well, certain people in Congress, one in the Senate, a couple on the House, go to the IRS. Where does he come into it? Well, the law actually says the secretary, which would be Mnuchin, but under something called a delegation order, the responsibility to comply with the law has been given to Charles Reddig, the IRS commissioner, who is a tax lawyer. The fact that Mnuchin has stepped in rather than Reddig suggests that Reddig is unwilling to openly break the law, which could put his law license in California in jeopardy, as well as putting him in jeopardy eventually of five years in prison. So this is a very interesting thing that Mnuchin who completely is loyal to Donald Trump, clearly at this point, regardless of what the Constitution and the laws say, is the one who's being put out front, not Reddick. Mm, that's interesting. You know, Asha, yeah, that, obviously the, that's a straight read on the law, but it does really contemplate that the IRS would be the one deciding this. We have never heard from anybody on that side of it. Now the legal case becomes, well, this is not a legitimate exercise of oversight, so says the DOJ, so I cannot comply. Sorry. Good enough? It's not good enough. Congress has broad oversight powers, and when it has a legislative power, like the power to tax, uh, it, it 
kind it has this implicit power to have oversight over the enforcement of that law. Here, particularly, this particular law that the Ways and Means Committee is using mm-hmm. to request this tax return actually stems from a circumstance which is directly relevant to our particular case right now, which is to have some oversight over potential financial interests of public officials that may be impacting how they are going about their public duties. So in terms of the legislative intent of this law in in particular, as well as their broad oversight power generally, I think that Congress has a very strong case here and that the secretary is I don't even know where he's coming from on this one. Well, look, we got the quote from his letter. I've determined that the committee's request lacks a legitimate legislative purpose. The problem with the law is, David, for Mnuchin, it doesn't give you any discretion. It just says shall. So shouldn't this be the president's personal lawyer going to court and suing, you know, trying to get whatever the federal equivalent of an Article 78 proceeding is, you know, to say we need a preliminary injunction. Don't take my guy's taxes. It absolutely should be his personal lawyer trying to fight this. And by the way, you know, the same law also says that the president has the right to see anybody's tax return by the same method, written request. Uh, We don't see any objection being raised to that. You know, uh, when Woodrow Wilson was a doctoral candidate in political science in 1885, he wrote a book in which he pointed out that the investigative powers of Congress are perhaps more important than its legislative powers. Mm. And we cannot have a system of checks and balances if there are no checks and balances. And that's what seems to be going on here with Barr on other matters, the Mueller report, and here on tax. And I think we're going to see more of this absolute defiance of the Constitution because Donald has no idea what's in the Constitution. And at this point, it's pretty clear he doesn't care. He knows how to say no, though. So, Asha, what becomes the check to restore the balance? Well, I think that Congress is issuing these subpoenas. They're going to end up in court because uh, the White House is stonewalling them at every front. Mm -hmm. You know, the problem here is that they are grounding these uh, subpoenas in their oversight authority. And I think that they have strong grounds here. But ultimately, that is an implied power in the Constitution. And, you know, it kind of gives some leeway for the White House to uh, be able to challenge it. If they were to invoke their impeachment power, which is an explicit power laid out in the Constitution, and say that this is the grounds on which they are trying to obtain evidence or information to determine whether impeachment is warranted, they would actually have a much stronger mm. uh, platform on which to request So you got to be careful be from the president's perspective of whether or not he gets hoisted on his own petard, that all of this saying no and all of this that he's using as a weapon right now blows up in his face and almost forces them to go down the impeachment route. That takes us to Wednesday. So, David, what's your suggestion about where this leads? Do you think they vote uh, in the House to hold the AG in contempt? Do they add the Treasury Secretary? Does that get them what they want? Well, the political and legal areas now uh, separate at this point. Uh, Congress has both the ability to hold the Attorney General in contempt and have it go to court, but they also have inherent Contempt. And Congress has in the past, though it's been more than 100 years, uh, had the sergeant of arms arrest people. They've tried people. They've incarcerated them. I doubt that would go over well with the public. So the Democrats have a problem here. They need to make it clear that they are following their duty and are being provoked by the president at the same time not to overplay their hand the way the Republicans did with Bill Clinton. Asha, inherent 
contempt. I've seen that in your eyes on this show before. Before, By the way, I want you to know, <laughs> I have seen inherent contempt. I don't know if it's the same one that David's talking about, but I've seen it. Let me ask you, though. Nadler put out a quote also that, you know, compelling need to protect the autonomy and effectiveness of its investigations. Um, the idea of uh, this being a battle of whether or not this is oversight or overreach. How do you see it at this point? I see this right now as a fundamental battle about our structure of government. Um, this is about Congress's power as an institution, not about, you know, one party, but as an institution to act as a check uh, as an oversight on the executive branch. Remember that there are a lot of questions uh, that end up as battles between the executive and Congress that are not justiciable in court. In other words, the, the courts will not necessarily intervene because they expect these branches to work it out. Mm. And so when you flout the norm of that kind of compromise, that back and forth, you know, there's always a little tension there. Um, you really are undermining and eroding um, a very important institution in our tripartite government. Mm. I got to go. But am I right if people want to Google this law? Didn't this grow out of the teapot dome, David, or something like that, this law? It absolutely did. And, and questions about whether Treasury Secretary Andrew Mellon was a crook. Right. That's it. Right. So this this law was about finding ways to keep people accountable. That's where we are today. Asha, David, thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right. So oversight. What can they do? What should they do? What will they do to deal with what is very plain from this administration? The administration is doing this. Hmm. We don't care what you ask for. What are you going to do about it? We're going to bring in a House Judiciary Democrat, Congressman Cohen. Here he is. He looks serious. How seriously are they going to act? Next. So did you see this letter that came out? More than, I don't know, 500 former federal prosecutors are pushing back on a decision made by the top lawyer in the country, Attorney General Bill Barr. It's this open letter. They make the case that the only reason this president wasn't charged with obstruction is because he's currently in the White House. And he wasn't charged with obstruction because, you know, that's where he is. And that would be against the guidance from DOJ. This, as the House Judiciary Committee continues to push for testimony from Robert Mueller, despite the president saying the special counsel shouldn't say a word. We have a member of that committee. Congressman Steve Cohen, Tennessee, joins me now. Good to have you, sir. Thank you, Chris. So, what does this letter do? What does the president saying, I don't think Mueller should testify, do to your sense of urgency to have him? And where are we on that becoming a reality? The committee's doing all it can to get Bob Mueller to testify before our committee because the best evidence rule, which is universally accepted and it would be the same here, is that the person with the most knowledge should be the one to testify. Bob Mueller has the most knowledge of the Mueller report and should tell the American public what it contains. As he said in his letter to, to Bill Barr, after his three-and-a-half-page summary, it was known that it didn't correctly reflect the context or the, the meaning in, of, of his report. Mm. So he needs to come. I think that uh, we're doing all we can. I don't know if it'll happen this month. We certainly hope it'll happen. Why wouldn't the, it? Uh, Who can stop break. it? Well, he's still an employee of the, of the Justice Department. Mm. Being an employee of the Justice Department, they can stop it. And he is still an employee. And as I understand it, he's expected to be an employee for at least the end of this month. Uh, I, I'd, I'd suggest that he resign mm. and be able then be, to be free to testify, although there'd be certain matters he could not testify to that were 
that were uh, redacted and, and privileged, and, and I'm sure he would have uh, uh, contour his testimony to what was permissible to be released to the public. The AG has said that he had no objection to Mr. Mueller um, testifying, but of course, if the president has an objection, the uh, AG may take that up as his proxy. We've seen that before. That takes us to item number two. Um, the Treasury Secretary, even though, you know, look, it says secretary in the statute, but really you would think the IRS commissioner would be dealing with this request from Ways and Means. Nonetheless, the Treasury Secretary sent a letter to you guys today saying, no, no taxes, not a legitimate oversight exercise. Sorry, DOJ doesn't agree. Is that satisfying? It's just stonewalling, and it's what the Trump administration will do. The statute clearly says that he shall turn them over when requested by the chair of the Ways and Means Committee. They can't reinterpret the statute. Only the courts can reinterpret the statute. Not that there's anything to reinterpret. It's a clear statement that the Treasury is supposed to turn it over. Trump has a lot he's hiding in his tax returns. He doesn't want the public to see his returns. He's lied about it for a long time. He lied when he said he was, uh, I believe he lied, when he said he was under uh, audit. But even if he was under audit, there was no reason for him not to release his returns. That's not a reason you would not release your returns. He learned taxes like he learned business to some extent from his father, Fred Trump. And the New York Times exposed well how Fred Trump saw the tax laws as a way to evade paying as much money as he could to the United States government. And when this, his sister resigned from the Court of Appeals of the Federal District Court up in New Jersey, it was because she was under investigation for the same fraudulent scheme that Donald Trump was beneficiary of that his father pulled off to, to get around and take the tax loopholes that were available and maybe some that weren't proper, but it's beyond the statute of limitations to evade our tax laws and not to pay what he right. should have to fund the United States government. Well, look, I don't know about what his father did. So he's I not going to release his taxes. I don't know about his sister. He doesn't want to release his taxes. We know that. You're supposed to have an ability to get it. We'll see how that'll get litigated, uh, which will get added to the list of things you're going to have to fight, seeing how he's in straight oppose mode. This is going to be a test of the strength of these subpoenas and the cause that underlies them. That takes us to Wednesday. Um, do you believe that the attorney general is going to have uh, a contempt vote coming his way? I suspect he will, although he has, there's been constant negotiations with the Judiciary Committee staff and, uh, and bar staff, and I think they've come to an agreement to meet on Tuesday and possibly try to work out an accommodation. If they can work out an accommodation and come to an agreement before Wednesday, that would probably stall a contempt vote. What would an accommodation uh, look like? Mr. Nadler has... Well, the accommodation would be seeing the report, having more than Mr. Nadler's committee members see the report and, and be able to uh, digest it and not have limitations put. But I'm just guessing. I don't know exactly what Mr. Nadler is asking. He's asked for the whole redacted report for the committee and for the Congress to see and also for the underlying evidence. I'm not sure if the, what, what, uh, what the uh, considerations would be in and an accommodation. Well, it's good to hear the sides are talking. Hopefully there'll be some uh, progress, not just process. So obviously he was supposed to show up. He didn't. You guys made a whole show of it. Uh, it was all over Saturday Night Live. Uh, we'll play it for some people here who didn't get to see it. Just think about the poor intern who had to go find a KFC at dawn <laughs> and order a 12-piece bucket and then be like, oh, no, 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 it's for my boss. He's a... Uh, He's a congressman. He's biting into leftover KFC, or as it's more commonly known, trash. And two, that means this adult man probably laid in bed all night thinking about how awesome his chicken joke was going to be, and he was completely wrong about that.
Oliver's way out of line going after KFC is not being tasty. But how do you feel about the rest of it? Well, it was a, the New York Times properly described it as levity. The New York Times also used one of my quotations in my press conference as the quotation of the day on May the 2nd, yeah, I saw which it. is an honor, and I appreciate they did that. And, and I think the comedians are kind of off base. Sarah Silverman was probably right when she tweeted that it was a hat on a hat, that just the, 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 the figurine, the ceramic figurine would have been sufficient. The bucket was probably a bit over, overboard. I shouldn't have eaten it. It didn't taste good, and it didn't picture well. But the fact is, uh, what do you mean it, it, mean it didn't taste good? Which bar. recipe was it? Was it original well, it recipe? Was it, was it extra crispy? Recipe. It was, it was cold, and so the skin oh, was pretty awful. Oh, all right, but that's the, it. the things you do, the things you do for the for the photographers, I guess that was a little mistake. But it was a, uh, uh, you know, it was a, to bring out a point that he was chicken, and we got a, a hashtag out of it for chicken oh, bar. I, got and the I think point. people know that he was afraid to come. He didn't want to face Barry Burke and Norm Eisen. And there's great precedent for counsel questioning witnesses, not in an impeachment hearing, which is what Collins talked about, but in hearings of all kind. Bobby Kennedy did it back in the days where Roy Cohn did it as well in the McCarthy sure. hearings in the 90s. Richard Benvenisti and, and Chertoff did it in the Whitewater hearings. There have been lots and lots of cases. And then the Republicans brought in a, a, a lady to question Ms. Blose in, in the Kavanaugh hearings. Sure. So there's plenty of precedent. And it would have been appropriate. The problem is not that we don't have really great members on our committee, which we do, but in five minutes, it's really tough to follow up, to have your questions, to have a, a, a person who's the, the witness who would filibuster, which they have. Whitaker did right. it. There's a lot Barr of politics in Congress. And also, there's a lot, of con- a lot of people there just making a point. They're grandstanding sometimes. They don't even, Hirono had it's like some great substance to ask, but she just like made a statement. In, you know, in their hearing, instead of asking well, some people do any of that stuff, you know. I mean, obviously, you she's Senate, you not House. You know what I'm you saying. can ask questions. I know, but, you know, I'm but just saying that, that, follow- that clouds it sometimes. That's all I'm saying, Congressman. But five minutes is tough to do it. I'm an, I was a defense lawyer. You, you, you have 30 minutes you can get and you can crack a witness. And, and Barry Burke and Norm Eisen could crack this guy because there's so many holes in his statements and so many, so many questions about his legal standing on his, on his statements concerning the president's authority that it should have a 30-minute opportunity. I could take the 30. Jamie, Jamie could take the 30. Uh, there are lots of people. Jerry Nadler could take the 30. Pramila could. There are lots of people on our committee given 30 minutes, but you can't give 20. Maybe everybody could. We've got great members. Right. But you can't give 20-some-odd people 30 minutes each or we'd be there forever. Any regrets about the chicken and the antics and all of that that was done? Not just by you, by the way. I, I guess that the, the, I, I didn't eat during the statements. Uh, I, number one regret is eating, number one. And number two, probably I should have just brought the, the, the ceramic chicken. That would have been enough. And that's what uh, uh, was advised by Sarah, uh, uh, what's her name, Silverman? Or yes. Sarah, Silverman. whatever, comedian, wrote me and said, yeah, she said it was a, two, a two-hatter. She's probably right. But then, you know, I'm not a professional at that. And I probably should have just brought that. But one staffer brought in his ceramic chicken and was pleased to have found it. And the other, the, the staffer brought in some, some KFC. So I brought them both, and it just kind of happened. But I'm happy that uh, uh, you give me this opportunity to explain it. Uh, I've gotten a haircut. I, ha- I ate roast chicken today, and everything's good in Memphis. Well, hair looks good. Uh, I'm a big fan of KFC. I understand why people attack it. But if it were And I was in Houston this week. 
I was in Houston this week, and our friend asked about you and had a very good weekend. Oh, great. Good to hear. Good to hear. And you know, before earlier when I was talking to Anderson, I called you the chicken-chomping congressman. I was just playing on that joke. It's always said with respect. You're always welcome on the show. I'm just saying everybody needs to be so aware of keeping the dignity of the institutions right now because there are plenty of people trying to tear them down. Congressman Steve Cohen, you're always welcome. Thank you, thank Chris. You. Be well. All right, Georgia is now the leader in taking us backwards when it comes to a woman's right to her own body. I'm going to show you where this is coming from politically and where this is headed legally if the right gets its way. Next. You see what just happened in Georgia? Roe versus Wade is in the crosshairs. Make no mistake about that. Limiting the legal right on the state level and exaggerating what is right and true on the political level. Take a listen. The baby is born. The mother meets with the doctor. They take care of the baby. They wrap the baby beautifully. And then the doctor and the mother determine whether or not they will execute the baby. I don't think so. They should boo. He shouldn't think so, because it doesn't happen. That's called homicide. No state allows a baby to be born full term, and then you decide whether or not to execute it. God forbid anything like that would ever happen. But why? Why sell that? Because he's trying to enrage pro-life folk as part of his base. He was never pro-life before he decided to run for president. Look, dismissing the president's speak is easy. Dismissing the stakes is not. There is a new conservative majority on the Supreme Court, and state lawmakers all across this country are passing bills to provoke litigation in the hope of changing the Roe standard. So as the right tries to change the law in 10 states, the left is trying to codify Roe as law at the state level for the same reason, anticipating change to protect what is now the federal law. Georgia's governor is pushing the envelope with his so-called fetal heartbeat bill, which would essentially make an abortion after about six weeks illegal. Keep in mind, Georgia's law is already currently at 20 weeks, which is more restrictive than the federal standard. Fetal heartbeat bills like this are under consideration in eight states. Remember, a lot of women don't even know if they are pregnant for six, seven weeks. So think about that. By the time you figure out you're pregnant, you may no longer have the right to your own body. Mississippi, Ohio, Heartbeat laws there take effect in July. Meanwhile, state legislators in Montana, North Carolina, Wisconsin, they've gone even further. They're pushing infanticide bills. They would require medical professionals to provide care to a baby born during an attempted abortion. Remember, that is up to 20 to 24 weeks, depending on where you are. This is an extremely rare scenario. It makes it sound like babies are being born alive after abortions all over the place and people are choosing to murder people. What you're seeing is Republicans running with the fiction that POTUS is pushing. It's fear mongering. Goes back to the campaign. You can take the baby and rip the baby out of the womb in the ninth month on the final day. It's just not true. That's complete BS. Look, whether he's ignorant or not on the issue doesn't matter anymore. He's president of the United States, okay? What's totally true is that this fight is about the rights of women. That's what it is. You take all the ugly political dressing off it, and that's what it's about. The right, the political far right, is trying to curtail access and opportunity when it comes to reproductive rights. The fact that the Roe standard has never been codified into legislation is proof of this political uncertainty. Yes, the law of the land is currently Roe, but the right and the fight 
is far from over. So what's going to happen with this effort to open the Roe Wade floodgates? What's the politics here? It is worthy of great debate. Next. A couple big questions tonight. Should this president be able to frustrate Congress the way he is, ignoring subpoenas and other congressional action? And what do these state laws mean for the Roe standard? What would happen if that case came up in front of this court? Heartbeat bills are a clear attack. Will they make it to the Supreme Court? That's tonight's great debate. We've got Christine Quinn and Rick Santorum. Good to have you both. Rick, you. I'm not going to get into the Pelosi. I don't know if the president would accept the election. I'm not going to play forward. We don't need to. Let's just deal with where we are right now. Are you concerned at all that he doesn't use his own lawyer to contest the request for his taxes? No, I'm not concerned about that at all. I think there's a legitimate uh, point that, that uh, Steve Mnuchin and the White House is making that the White, that the Congress shouldn't be able to do fishing expeditions, you know, calling people's taxes just to find out if they can find dirt on the person. I mean, that's not what that statute is there. It's to look at whether the enforcement uh, mechanisms that, that are in place for the IRS are being used correctly, not to play politics with individual tax. But where does it say that you get to have discretion in whether or not to follow that law when it says shall and the head of the House Ways and Means Committee says, I want to see and whether or not the IRS is doing the oversight and the auditing they're supposed to do. Yeah, that's why we have a court. And, and that's why, you know, the, the, the different branches of government have the ability to, to try to stymie the other. And the court makes the decision, you know, which is correct. And, and I think there's ample, ample evidence uh, that, that the way that the Congress is approaching this is not consistent with the statute. And if we give the Congress the opportunity to go out and do witch hunts on individual tax returns from, from people, whether it's the president or anybody else, that is a real problem. I, 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 know, right, just, I know me as a taxpayer would not like to see that happen. Just to be clear, by the way, the statute allows the president to get anybody's taxes the same way with just a written request. Christine, this came out of teapot dome. Mm -hmm. This came out of fears about whether or not one of our officials was on the take. And it was to allow certain members, not anybody, not everybody, but certain members of Congress to get the taxes, to take a look and see if they could discover motivations of what was going on in an oversight capacity. How is that not in keeping with what they're trying to do now? It it seems perfectly in keeping. And honestly, I think the Republicans and the far right know it is perfectly in keeping. Now, look, it's unique that we don't have the president's taxes because basically everybody else who's ever run for president or was certainly a party nominee has put their taxes out there. So that's unique, but clearly what Congress is doing is within the confines of the law. And again, both you and Rick have said IRS. We're not talking about the IRS commissioner here. We're talking about the secretary of the Treasury, which really raises even kind of more political questions about what's going on. This Mm. is just another attempt at, you know, obfuscating and trying to keep the truth from the public. And just basically, in the most basic of ways, if you don't have anything to hide, why would you go into court to seek the ability to hide things? Mm. So, Rick, if this is the way they keep up, any subpoena, they say no. You want anybody to testify? They say no. Don McGahn doesn't even work at the White House anymore. They say no. They'll have their privilege. So is this just going to be just litigation from now until whenever? Yeah, I think given the, the nature of what, you know, look, there was a two-year investigation, all this money spent, and there was a report, and it, it basically said that, uh, you know, by and large, the president didn't, do, certainly the president didn't do anything with colluding with Russia, and that there, the, the obstruction of justice claim was indeterminate, and, and the decision was made by the, by the proper prosecutor. 
this should be the end. And I think that, you know, Nancy Pelosi, I think, believe it or not, has this right. I think the Democrats are in great peril as they continue to go down this path. It is it is the president's political advantage to block everything, because I think the longer they keep this thing alive and the more they look like all they care about, they don't care about the, you know, what's going on in health care. They don't care about the economy. They care about getting Donald Trump. And the more they they keep on that, I well, think the they, better for the president. They just, they just won an election on health care during the midterms. That was like the main thing that brought people out for them. But, Christine, what's your take? And not for nothing. We won the election on health care. Also, it's the Republicans who are blocking things like the Green New Deal going forward. No and one's talking the about that. They're talking about Trump. The Republicans are the ones blocking good voting legislation from moving forward. Look, the Democrats in the Congress have shown they can move important issues forward and continue to do their job, which is to uphold the Constitution and seek the truth. It is right. the president and the Republicans me, uh, who are stymieing those efforts. Let me pivot topics here because I don't I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave these heartbeat bills behind. Christine, what's the concern with what just passed in Georgia and what you may wind up seeing more of a state passing through its legislature, a more restrictive right uh, to uh, reproductive acts such as uh, reproductive rights, such as abortion. This is a six week bill. These so-called heartbeat bills are exactly what you said, six-week bills. They, for all intent and purposes, are an end run around Roe versus Wade and a clear attempt to make abortion illegal in New across the country. That's what they are. And we've seen in states where they've been passed already, courts uh, uh, strike them out or enjoin them. This is a clear attempt to take decisions about a woman's body and birth out of the hands of a woman and out of the hands of doctors. And that, to me, is really shocking. Look, I mean, you don't have to like abortion. You can be dead set against it, Rick. I mean, we're all coming from the same set of catechism on this particular panel tonight. Uh, But if you don't like Roe, that's one thing. But for a state to codify something that they know violates the federal standard, what do you make of that? Well, I mean, uh Everybody that passes a marijuana law violates the federal standard when they pass a recreational marijuana law. And they do it. And, you, and uh, uh, you know, sanctuary cities, they pass laws that violate it. And the court determines whether they have the right to do it or not. Look, uh, the, the, the legislatures, as well as the Congress, have the right to challenge the court. And, and, and if the court composition changes, as it has over time on a variety of issues, they have the right to go and challenge that. I just have to make a point, Chris, because you and Christine both made the point, you and your introductory and Christine, where you basically invalidate the point of view that me and millions and millions of other Americans have with respect to this issue, which you just say this is all about choice, all about a woman's right. No, it's all about the life of a little baby. And, and you can invalidate that and say that that doesn't matter. But to millions of Americans, it does matter. And it's not that we hate women or want to violate women, but we truly do care about the life of that child in the womb. And, and we think a good society protects no, those children. Do you children. care you about what, the rule of... Hold on a second. Christine, hold on a second. I'll get to you. But what rules in this society, Rick, how you feel with your faith or the rule of law? What yeah, rules? but the rule of law is determined, should be determined, in my opinion, in this area, by the, by the collective morality of the people of this country. Really? That's what legislatures are trying to do. Absolutely. So the I Supreme mean, Court passing 
Nine okay, people make shouldn't make that decision. Really? But they the have. So you don't believe, so you, so you don't no, believe in the Supreme Court. You don't believe no, it's I the Supreme Law of the Land. No, I just don't believe they should be injecting themselves into a matter that is something that the public can handle and handle very well. Really? And did then who gives Roe these state legislators? When people are killing themselves these? in back alleys before Roe v. Wade? People are dying now too, Chris. No, I mean, the reality is like that, that. millions Rick, of, that millions is a bit, of children are dying. That is a lie. No, millions of children are dying, Christine. That's a reality. Because you define a child. If you really cared about the health of human beings, you would never take an issue like this away from a woman and her doctor. And a six-week bill, children. a six-week bill takes it, makes it illegal. Children. And this bill and the, uh, have been clearly struck down by the courts. Abortion is the law of the land. And, and we're you, trying to change that. And you are trying, you are, you're doing an end run around the Constitution. Yes, we are. Absolute, and you are no, putting around the Supreme Court. They're not the same thing. The Supreme Court set the law on this. And again, yeah, and they did it you wrong. talk about caring about human beings' lives. Yeah, then why would you take away a woman's ability with her doctor to make decisions I'm when her life away. may be at risk? You take it away because you actually do not care about women. You take it do away you politically. A baby dies in an abortion. Do you realize that? Are you ignoring that fact? That's a that's a reality. I am this is a human life that not is a legal established. Fact. It is not a legal it's a real, fact. Do, do you disagree that at the moment of conception, that child is human and alive? It's that's a human its viability. It's, 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 it is it a, a viable is human is being. It is human not recognized no. under our law as a person no. under answer the law. The question. No. You, you is know it what the biologically answer is. a human life? No. You know what the answer is. I do. It's in every biological touch work in the in the world. At conception, that is a human life. The only no, thing that is reality. Not, that you is guys not talk about medical. being the party of science. Listen, hold this on. This is so that a is science. Not, there is no is, question. That is not reality, science. guys. Hold on, hold on, hold on a second. Science. Let me just set the it table. It is true. Hold on a second. No, it's not. Calm down. It's calm not down. A, it's not a just belief. Calm it's a down. fact. The it's only thing that can be created by two human beings is a human being. Period. The law recognizes a person with rights at a certain standard. So you are conflating so, the two. So, okay, you're doing so Chris, it for convenience. Before, before that's okay. That, but either you respect the law or you don't. Okay, before that thing is a thing, before that thing is a person, what is it? What do you mean, what is it? What What's mean? that thing There are all the these different stages of it? cellular development. But what is it? Go Google it. So it's what I'm saying property. is, Rick, you, you either accept the law or you are, don't. Rick, I'm okay are, with that. So I'm just asking, Chris, is it the property of the woman at that point? It's not a person. It's the property it's of a not, woman. Her body is always her property. Okay, yes. so the, but, but that's a unique Rick, human you, being inside that woman. No, So is that is that woman, is that the property of a woman? Rick, Rick. So you can do whatever you want with it? It is so listen, part, let me ask you this Rick, question, Can you Christine. stop you for one second? No, because so, you're not Christine, Chris Cuomo. If, you don't get if, to ask the if, questions. If that, if let the me woman, just say. If the woman who was carrying that child, because let's say she was blind, and she decided she wanted to have a blind baby, oh, too, God. so she can inject that baby with something that would blind the child. Rick, not kill it, just blind it. Rick, would that be okay? Rick, would you, you say are that's bringing okay? up. Look, you I'm going to go to Christine up. on the point, but I'll tell you what's not okay. I think perverting fact patterns, perverting realities, perverting and trying anything. to demonize what people do, you guys make it sound like this is cheaper than condoms. This is easier than condoms. Right. So just go abort your babies. These are painful decisions for these women. They're these huge. are things they live with for the rest of their lives. Life, yeah, I know, huge. and they think about it, and they think about it in a way that you never will, Rick. So you're projecting all these That's emotions true, and sensibilities I, on ethics I, on people in a decision you'll never support. make. And Rick, let me just say, Rick, let me just say, it's not in your body. Christine, last word to you. Yeah. 
Let's be clear here, Rick, with all of your distortions and horrible tales, I answered it numerous times. When when a woman gets pregnant, that is not a human being inside of her. It's part of her body. And this is about a woman having full agency and control of her body and making decisions about her body and what is part of her body with medical professionals. Those are the facts, and that is the law of the land. Listen, and they can do whatever they want to that. This you is can, about a woman's so they body. Can name the baby. Listen, you can they can do whatever the, they the want. Debate. They can torture Rick, the baby. The, 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 the baby is killing the baby. You're so desperate here. You're so desperate here. No, no, no. Listen, you're I'm desperate. I'm just, I'm just asking listen, questions. No, you're, not, you, you're not. You're asking provocative things that are trying to make because people angry real. about what's done, and that's okay. All I'm saying is you guys go too far when you pervert the facts. We have the president of the United States saying that a baby is born at the end of full term, swaddled in a blanket, and then to decide whether or not to execute it. That's you know that's law. BS. It, it divides people. Nobody said it. It's no. not the law Governor anywhere Virginia in this country. It. It's homicide. One person said something stupid, and you want to make it something that you can use there, for advantage. That doesn't to, help your talk, cause. Talk and to the survivors of abortions. And talk it's to, certainly, it's, it's how about Kermit Gosnell It's certainly not square I mean, with your religion. lots of instances. I'll tell you Chris. that. Go ask a priest if he's okay with you arguing the case that way. And see I how will. he feels I'll about. Be it. happy to. You, if you get to they the if you get to the right lying, place priest. by don't lying and distorting the facts, not, no priest is going to like no it. No okay, priest well, is going to condone lying. What did I lie about in, in the way I? You tell me my what case. state allows you to swaddle a full-term baby and then have a side conversation about whether or not to kill it. Uh, look, I, with, Where, say, you have no, states no, that basically say none. No, say none. No, the state of New York allows a baby to be killed. Allows a baby to be killed up until the moment that that baby is born. Say none. That's the reality. That's correct. That's what the law says. I was part of passing that law in New York with the National Institute of Reproductive Health. It does not say that, but that is a lie the far right has this since it was passed. You're better than this as a Catholic, and you're better at this as a consumer of public because It is a lie. I helped pass the law. I got to go. I got to go. We'll do this again because there are going to be Thank plenty you. more of these. But come on, Good. Rick, give me a break on this stuff. I am. I'm Thank telling you the truth. You're lying. You're telling the truth the way you're you lying. see it, but you're distorting fact well, to get there. So I don't know how that's the truth. I, think we need- I respect everybody's opinion on it. But this idea that you're putting out the president telling the crowd and they're booing about a full-term baby and then they decide whether or not to execute it. What are you trying to do in this country? These things are hard enough without making people think crazy things. Would you going to stoke hate in the interest of what? In the interest of what? That's what people have to ask themselves. All right. <sighs> you watching TV last night? You watch today? You see Game of Thrones? I'll tell you what. I don't buy what everybody's saying about this coffee cup just left on the table. I don't think it was a mistake. What do you think of that? And I'm going to bring in D. Lemon to figure out what's brewing. Get it? Get what I did there? Catch last night's Game of Thrones? That ain't a grog mug, Daenerys Targaryen, sitting with a Starbucks coffee cup. Now, how did this happen? 15 million bucks an episode. We're always reading these stats about how much of everything they use and how meticulous and all the money and the shooting the scene. Coffee cup, one of the main seats, attention. She's like, oh, they want him to be the king, not me. It's a huge scene. They must have looked at it 100 times. Leave a coffee cup. D. Lemon, gaff Yes. something more. Uh, well, I th- of course it's a gaffe, or maybe mm, I they don't know. want us to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Guess what? If we're all talking about it, I mean, that's good for them, and 
things must be okay, I guess, in the world if this is the biggest thing that's on people's minds. You know, I don't. Oh, it was big. Look, I, I didn't love the episode, but I'm on it. But I must say, my suspicion that it was intentional is injured by fact. What there are mean? other examples of this having been mm. done. Let's show a couple of them. Of the water bottle. Where, yeah. Like, what do you got? We'll put one up there. Okay. This is in Gladiator. That's Gladiator. Remember this movie? Yeah. See the gas motor? It's gonna, you're going to see it at some point. You're going to see a motor. Can you oh. see it? Oh! Yeah. All right. So there's a little nitrous little bottle there or something like that going on. All right. And then in Braveheart, show Braveheart. You're going to see something in a second here. Right. You see the van? Is the lower third killing yes. it? Yes. There's a van. <laughs> All right. So look, there are mistakes. There are. There's one where there's a water bottle. What's that? I don't know. Baby grabbing a thumb? Yeah, I have no oh, idea. Oh, it's what. a fake baby. It keeps it's a, oh, it's a its fake baby. Like okay, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> um, so I have. To, I, we figured out there was some controversy or discrepancy about whether it was actually a Starbucks cup. Starbucks picked up on it because they wanted the publicity. Uh-huh. We've actually tracked it down and figured it out. We have the exact cup. You want to see the cup? That's worth money. There's Whoa. the cup. There it is. There's the cup right there. So it was actually, you have the, where's your uh, Cuomo primetime cup? So this is the new cup that everyone should order. This is the cup that was actually... Can you get that in any stores? In Game of Thrones, yes. Or can you only get it right now? You can. <laughs> it's a limited offer. <laughs> it's called Limited Look at how Thrones. he looks at himself. Look at the picture of yourself again. <laughs> Man, that's love right there, boy. Yeah, this cup only comes in large. So anyways... <laughs> but it's empty. That's something that you Like his head. <laughs> what do you got? Speaking of, you know Rick Riley. Rick Riley yes. wrote the book. The Genius. book is called Commander in Chief about golf. So we're going to be talking about Tiger Woods and the Medal of Freedom and why golf Great. is so important, why the president would do that. And just to get our minds off of everything bad or serious and talk about something fun. Royal Baby. Remember the bishop that performed the wedding ceremony yes. for them? He's going to join me and talk about this royal oh, baby beautiful. and family. Yeah. And it's good, good news. God yeah. bless the baby. I wish the family the best. <laughs> I'll see you in a little bit. See you soon. Oh, get at it. Empty cup. I think I won that one. You tell me on Twitter. But send them to Don. All right. We talk uh, too much about stuff that doesn't matter enough what the president says in tweets. I hear your criticism. But tell me this. I'm going to argue that there is something that too many of you aren't taking seriously enough. I'll make the case, then you decide. Next. Investigate the investigators, says this president. And the attorney general says, yes, sir. People don't like our eagerness to benefit from Russian interference and all the lying. Call it the deep state. Lefties in the FBI try and help Clinton and hurt Trump. A decision you don't like? Attack the judge. Biased. A rate increase? The Fed. It's jaundiced. You want people to testify? See my taxes? Oppose it all. It's all dirty. This behavior is worthy of much more concern than it gets. Why? Institutions matter. In a democracy like ours, they are all we have as checks on absolute power. We need to trust them and rely on them to decide critical questions. Not blindly. You should question them. You should test them. But we have to believe in them. They have to stand. Could this president contest an election? Sure. That'd be his right. We have infrastructure to check the outcome. We have courts to decide any dispute. But what if you question all the steps and powers that proceed from such an election contest? What if people don't have faith that anybody's doing the checking, that any court can be fair? Because that's what this president tells him, right? Then what? Hmm. Next point. 
He won't, this president, comply with congressional requests, even subpoenas. He's using the attorney general to carry water for him and attack his enemies and the treasury secretary to block requests about the probe and now his taxes. He's saying Mueller shouldn't testify, but he can't control that, not really. The crux of the argument is this. If you allow this president to keep getting away with violating the separation of powers and having people who work for you in this country simply do his personal bidding, what would stop him from trying to avoid any operation of law? That's why we need the probe report out in full. We need Congress to do their job, not because of a desired outcome, but because that's what the Constitution demands. That's what keeps the institutions strong. That letter, over 500 prosecutors saying this set of facts would be charged as a crime if not for the person doing it being a president. Why is it 500? We didn't get the number wrong. More people keep signing on to the letter. That's why the number of prosecutors is going up. Focus on what matters. This attorney general is telling you not to believe those 500 people. And the man who did the investigating, Mueller, clearly didn't want that to be that simple. So you have to take a look at the need for oversight. You have to let the process play out. I know I've been tough on Democrats about what the plan is. But that's because they see too much posturing, not because they don't have a job to do. If they're kept from doing their job by this president and any and all who help him in the cause of evasion, what else might they choose to ignore? That's the argument. Thanks for watching. D. Lemon, CNN Tonight, right now. You just answered. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, host of the Chasing Life podcast. In honor of our 10th season, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message at 470-396-0832 and tell us how you chase life. It could be used on an upcoming episode.